0: They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combine for 65 career sacks, 232
1: tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one
0: Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over them. It's Train and Gross on the All AZ Podcast Network.
1: Welcome in, train and gross, the last edition of June. Mm, wow, you know, the toasty. Fiend- I, I'm, it's toasty to me. I'm back after taking a vacation. Okay. It gets hot in Arizona. Yeah, it gets a little toasty, brother. It gets a little toasty. So we had a we we had a 40 hour. Mm. Karen and I had a 40 hour car ride. Wow. And we were talking about different things, and the topic of vaccinations came up. Okay. Not COVID. Mm. Not doing that. Yeah. But I made the comment. Remember Terry Bradshaw did the commercials for um,
0: Shingles. Shingles. Yeah. Thank you.
1: And he like, he scared the crap out of me. Yep. And she goes, you know, you're that age. <laughs> wow. You are. She goes, you should probably get the shingles vaccination. Wow. But, but Terry Bradshaw, who played in the NFL, got yes. all the injuries in the NFL, and when he said, that was the worst pain I ever had was when I got the shingles. Yep. And she said, you should get the shingles vaccination. <laughs> I don't know if I felt bad because she was telling me I was old. Wow. Or she was looking out for me, so I should feel good about that. I think you should feel good. I think you should feel good. But I don't want shingles, man. I do not. So you talk about the the benefits of advertising. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that commercial probably in two years. And it's still burned into my my image.
2: I mean, some things, when it affects you directly, you're going to hold on to it. And I think for most people, that's kind of the story of life. Mm. You hear certain stories. Certain stories resonate with people because it affects them directly, and when it doesn't affect them directly, then they're like, "Oh, well, you know, moving on to the next."
1: So we're gonna moving on to the next. You may hear some sounds in the background, some licking of the fingers, yeah, some some, some smacking, lip smacking, yeah, yeah. So Sean Crespin treated the team. The Apple fritters, yeah,
2: buddy,
0: because I've never had one before. We had a little topic, I think, during Pump couple the weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Pump the Brakes. somehow, Talk about donuts, somehow, donuts got brought up, yeah. Uh, so you said this was your yeah, you favorite went, donut, yeah. We did a poll, and in, I went modified. straight to chocolate long john, mm-hmm. right? I said, I never had an a- No comments from you. I, I, I uh, I said, I, I said, I've never had. <laughs> <laughs> One of your favorites, Gross. So, I said we'd pick it up the next time we were in, uh, in in the studio together. So, here we go. First bite right now.
2: Yep. Let's all do it together. Of your, uh, oh, you, yeah.
0: the, the Gross special. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, that's not bad. Yeah. That's pretty that's good. That's an
1: apple fritter for you.
0: Apple fritter. That's not that's bad. That's going
2: to get it done right there. So, we did a. We did that's a, very good.
1: Yeah At training Gross on Twitter, we did a, an actual poll mm-hmm. in uh, recognition of National Donut Day a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm. And each of us gave our favorite donut. Mm-hmm. I believe you, b said glazed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you said... Uh,
0: Good old chocolate long john, man.
1: He said chocolate <laughs> long john. <laughs> and I said apple fritter. And then we gave people the option to reply with something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, glazed. Ran away with it. Like It's hard to beat the original, brother. 40%. It's hard to beat the original. Apple fritter came in third. Mm.
2: I mean, I less, than a, less than a quarter... Of our listeners. Hey, I can't believe you've gone through thirty plus years without thirty nine. Thirty nine years, years. without the pleasure one. of an apple fritter. This is your first taste. My
0: first one. is pretty damn good. Wow. It's cinnamony. Is that a word, right? Cinnamon that's tough. Cinnamony. One to say. Cinnamony. Yeah. Uh, the apple really pops when you get a nice bite of the apple and then yeah. it kinda crumbles too, which gives it a good you know, a good effect. This is a good donut.
1: Thanks to our friends at Bosa Donuts. Mm-hmm. That's a good donut. I give it to, to you, gross.
0: Now I still and I'm gonna go there. You told me not to, but I'm gonna go there. We've had many conversations about oh, uh, putting pineapple on pizza. <laughs> I know B Train's <laughs> got my back on this one. Pineapple on pizza is delicious, Got B- all your back, brother. He told me when we were doing a radio show together, Mike Roasted, that. Uh, warm fruit. Yes. Fruit should never be. Served warm. Served warm. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: What's this? Well, A, it's not warm. It was fried into that. Wow. To give you that wholesome goodness that you're enjoying. Wow. And. It's better for you than most donuts because it has actual fruit in it.
0: You need to come up wow. with a different reason why you dislike pineapple. It's not warm. Is it warm? You need to come up with a different is it reason. Warm? It you ain't cold. It ain't. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You need to come up with a different reason why you dislike pineapple. We had pineapple this conversation.
1: You were wrong then. You're wrong now. This all is right. like a, like if you're going to tell me apple pie. I can't like that. He's going down with the ship.
0: Just saying. He is. He's going to go all the way down. I'll go all the way down. This, right. I
1: will die on this hill. This
0: uh, this apple Fritter. Yep. It's going to go all the way down into my belly as well while you guys talk about eating In sun. my belly.
1: See you at the crossroads, man. There you go. <laughs> if you go down, All right.
3: <laughs> the entire podcast
1: gets derailed
2: over a fight about fruit being cooked. Yeah, fruit I- in general. Food is always that, that, that one that takes you off the rails. Just huh? for the record, I'm correct. Okay.
1: Sons Clippers. after the third game last night in Los Angeles as uh, I don't know where to start with this one. Uh, You know, it was bound to happen sooner or later. The Mm -hmm. Suns had won nine in a row Mm -hmm. in the postseason leading up to this game. Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. Uh, Clippers stepped it up defensively in a big way. But the one that I, I think I want to start with is, because we, we spent a lot of time going into the postseason, who needs to step up big? Chris Paul and everything that he means to this team. Sure. Obviously, Devin Booker, his yep. coming out in the postseason. Yep. DeAndre Ayton, uh, who's been huge, huge in the postseason huge. up to this point. But sometimes, mm. it's those players you don't expect to have the impact or you don't miss them until they're gone. Yep. And I'm thinking of campaign. You Payne. Know, he went down with the rolled ankle, and it seemed like that took the wind out of the sails of the Phoenix Suns last night. It
2: did take the win out of their sails. But, Mike, I'm going to go from a totality standpoint of this series. And first, got to give the Suns some love. Mm -hmm. And i got to give the Suns fans some love. I thought they were the difference in the first two games of this series. Particularly game two. It's particularly game two. And looking at how we had basketball without fans for a while with the bubble and then uh, all of last year and then to slowly integrate the fans back into the arenas, there is no doubt that the fans play a crucial role in sports, and 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 Absolutely. and the 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 drama of it, and and the the you know what happens throughout the course of a game, and and how players are affected by the presence of fans. Even though fans can't come on the court and really do anything physically, the fact that they do generate that momentum for you, I, I think the the Suns were. were extremely lucky to have those first two games at home. Mm-hmm. And I think they took full advantage. And, and I think for the L.A. Clippers, they've figured out that they cannot just sleepwalk through the playoffs. Sure. Without a Kawhi Leonard and having Paul George have the games that he had. He didn't play poorly. But you saw the the, the presence of Kawhi really affect this team. And, and even though they were close games by the Phoenix Suns, I thought last game you saw what the Clippers can really do when they sure. make up their minds. When, they, when they're engaged and they're interested in playing basketball, Mike, this is a very dangerous team. And we talked about this being a bad matchup for the Suns at the outset of the playoffs. Yeah. And, and even without a Kawhi Leonard, we saw that in full effect. In Game Three,
1: yeah, Sean Crespin mentioned that at the beginning when everybody was talking about avoiding the Lakers, avoid the Lakers, avoid the Lakers. He said, "Let's keep an eye on, the Clippers. on that Clippers game," yes. and and uh, and that may be coming true. And, and look, I don't want to overstate this. I don't have any inside information, but you look at Game Four. How big a game this is in terms of this for who? series for, for who? both teams? Okay, you know because you look at it. If you're the Suns, if you can bounce back, if you can figure it out, mm-hmm. right, and come home three-one up three-one, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know you're you're in a in a really good spot. You got The chance to close it out at home.
2: They can't beat them three straight. They can't beat the Suns three straight. That's what I'm saying. So you
1: come home up 3-1. It's over. You got to feel really good about that. It's over. On the side of the coin with the Clippers, you got to feel good about what you did defensively, right? And if you can keep the pressure, I don't know that Book and uh, Chris Paul will have as bad a game shooting combined as they had in game three. But even if they would have gone closer to average, that didn't guarantee the Suns a win, right? This isn't like the the, the Clips had a, a a three point win that they're lucky to get away from and You could say, well, geez, look at you know it was totally on uh, on the shooting uh, night that the Booker and, and Paul had. Yeah. Um. So if you can, if you're the, if you're the Clippers and you can come back and and even, even this thing up, yeah. You got to feel really good if you're a Clipper Clippers fan because you are more battle tested. Yes. In this postseason than the Suns are. Yes. Take you are. nothing away from what the Suns have done because right. they took care of their business. But there's a different mentality, a different mindset when you get that 4-0 win over the Nuggets versus a series where you got to go on the road and beat the Mavericks.
2: Without a doubt, Mike. And I think for this Suns team, they've been very fortunate playing the teams when they played them. Teams that were without pretty much a star to begin with. I mean, we we talk about Jamal Murray, you know, against the Denver Nuggets. and. Uh, who, who was the first round that they played against, the, the team that they played in the first round? Uh, the Lakers in the first round. The Lakers round. Without, without Anthony Davis. The and, fact that you don't have Anthony Davis there and LeBron's And following. LeBron
1: was not 100%.
2: So now you come to the Clippers. Now you don't have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. So it, it seemed as if everything has played out for them. But I think for the Clippers, I, I think we saw the true value of one Tyron Luke. Yeah. Tyron Lou I think does not get enough credit for the coaching job that he's done. Just think of this year alone. He's been 0-2 in all three series and he's come back to win two or to win the series the first two and now he's won another game coming back from 0-2 and, and he's looking to to get this team back to a, another win out there in LA and and the way that they played last last night, they can definitely duplicate that. And and maybe still another win, but I don't think Devin Booker with the the the, the mm-hmm. mask on, that definitely affected him and Chris Paul, they're they're not gonna have that bad no. of a shooting performance.
1: Well, and you talk about Tyron lou and and I'd like to compare that to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago with the Nuggets and Michael Malone, how he would, you know, to almost like a high school coach. I'll find me five guys that wanna be out here. And I gotta think if you're a player, playing in the National Basketball Association, or I'm sure you can relate in the NFL, when you have a coach it's been there, done that, and he talks. He gets your attention. Yes. Look, we were down 0-2 before. Here's what we did. Here's what we do. Adjustment in there. Yep. Adjustment yep. there. Yeah. We were down to, to the to Mavericks in the second round. Adjust here. Adjust there. Or, I'm sorry, first round. Jazz in the second round. Yep. And so you know you ha- and you listen to his post game. It's like calm. You know, he doesn't seem phased by this. No. And you know, he said, "Hey, look, you know, we went out and did what we had to do. I thought we played better defense. Like it was calm and even. And you know, if you're a player getting behind a coach like that. Almost like what we've been talking all along here yes. with the Suns. Yeah. You know, you got a coach you can believe in you're going to go to war on as opposed to, like I said, that knucklehead up there <laughs> coaching. Is he still coaching? I was gone for two weeks. I, yeah, I don't know if he's still coaching the Nuggets. Um, mm. Yeah, but, he's still there. But, but Tyron Lue, I, I think you're right, doesn't get enough credit.
2: Mike, think about his resume. This is a guy that won championships as a player. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that won a championship down 0-2, down 3-1 to the perceived best team of all time, the 73-win Golden State Warriors with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They won that series. He's a championship coach and a championship player What more, and a championship assistant coach. He's won three in three different capacities. So right. w- what else does the man need to do to get respect? I mean, I know he's not the biggest guy in the world when you talk basketball-wise, but for whatever reason, people, I think, tend to shortchange, no pun intended, a Tyron Lue for whatever reason, and I don't understand because everywhere he's gone, He's been a winner, and he's won big. Not just you get deep in the playoff runs. He's got rings on his finger to say that, hey, I know what I'm doing when it comes to this in-series adjustments and, and how to match up against certain teams and, and see what they've done, take their best shot, and then be able to counter. Why wouldn't people think that he was able to do this?
1: No, absolutely. No, no question about it. You know, And you talk about it, and you, you did when, when Doc Rivers was leading the Clippers, and, and it just seems like a difference there. Uh, obviously, they got a lot of work to do. I mean, you'd much rather be up 2-1 than down 2-1. But, you know, you've got to feel good if you're the Clippers going in to game four, particularly because what they did was defensive. Yes. like It, it wasn't like they were like on an unbelievably hot shooting game. Energy, day. Mike. Like, they, they had more energy right. than the, than yeah, the Suns. And, and, they,
2: and the Suns were due for a, a
1: clunker, though. Yeah, absolutely. You win nine in a row in the postseason. Absolutely. The other thing, think, I, I had this thought, and coming back to the, the teams that the Suns have played, not being at 100%, the Suns mm-hmm. have been remarkably fortunate in terms of having, for the most part, bodies available. Obviously, Chris Paul missing two games. They rallied and won those games. And now, we, where we started with this, Campaign out with the rolled ankle in game three. Whether or not he's able to go in game four, it'll be interesting to see. Cam Johnson was the first option off the bench, and he does not shoot as well as no. Campaign. Big no. on them says Captain Obvious. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you, you 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 hope, if you're a Suns fan, that the campaign, uh, you know, injury is not serious and he's able to go sooner rather than later.
2: Mike, I, I really look at, at the team and how they performed in those first two games. I think ultimately that was kind of foreshadowing of what this team is going to look like in the future. We know Chris Paul is a great floor general. We yeah. know that he's going to be critical for this team to win the championship this year. Yep. But you start looking into the future. You start looking three, four years down the road. I think you see the heir apparent to Chris Paul. We, we saw him drop 29 yeah. in a game two versus the LA Clippers. So they seem faster, Mike. They seem more explosive. And you saw Devin Booker look more like the Devin Booker that, that, that the Suns fans have been waiting on. A guy that can really get up and down the floor, really open the game up and, and uh, with, with the with the lanes open, you can actually see DeAndre Ayton running the floor and being that, that guy looking like a, a giant gazelle just up and down the floor catching alley-oops from from the free-throw line, and, and it seems like he's got arms for days. I love the way – it reminds me of the Steve Nash-type sons yeah. where they're actually getting up and down the floor. And, and with Chris Paul, I think it kind of caught him by surprise sure. in game three because he's he, he missed the first two games, and he had to – reinvent himself, so to speak, in order to, to get himself back into the flow of that, that series because he, he looked like a fish out of water, and I, and I thought ultimately the energy of the Clippers and the way that they played really changed the, the narrative and, and how this uh, series is going to be won.
1: Patrick Beverly, uh, you, you look at, at, the, at the impact he had, and you mentioned the mask for, for Devin Booker.
2: I think that greatly affected I him.
1: I think it affected him, but I think Patrick Beverly affected him. And so it'll be interesting to see how this comes along, because, again, defense, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's uh, you know, it's not you don't have to stay hot. It's, it's like you said, it's energy. Yes. It's intensity. Yes. And, you know, they, they seem to have found something out. Speaking of Tyronn Lue. Yeah. Up with just the about to say that.
2: Just about to say, you that. know.
1: And so until the Suns can show that they can figure it out, I, I heard a stat uh, or read a stat probably on social media about what Devin Booker is shooting. Mm-hmm. when he's being guarded one up uh, by Patrick Beverly. And yes. it's in the 20s, yes. 20%. Yes. And, and when Patrick Beverly's not guarding him, it's closer to 45%, right? So, you know, the, the difference is, can the Suns come up with an, a way for uh, some sort of adjustment to help Devin Booker out in, in, uh, in that matchup?
2: Mike, I really think that was the genius of Tyron Lue. I think Patrick Beverly was a guy that didn't play a lot the first two games. And the fact that you bring him off the bench and you allow him to get into a flow and set a tone for the entire de- the entire team as far from a defensive perspective you saw that team look different right. at home they, they look more energized they look more engaged and they look they, they look hungry they look like a desperate basketball team and i think with the la clippers they're accustomed to being that desperate basketball team and it took a patch beverly to come off the bench to provide that spark to remind them hey guys when we're clicking on all cylinders, this is what we look like. We're a defense-first team, and then we get out on the brakes and, and, and let the, the shooters do what they do. All
1: right, real quickly, as we wrap this segment up, and Sean may jump in on this conversation as well, and I saw it on social media after the Alley Oop win the other night. The Valley Oop. The Valley Oop, the biggest yes. postseason play uh, in, in Arizona sports history. You know, where, does, where does that rank relative to some of the Arizona, other so –
0: Arizona's? All of them?
1: All professional well, sports. Then
0: it's got to be the Gonzo blooper. Even though I would put – Yeah, that so won a World Series. Yeah, it won a World Series. No, uh, the period. Bar- the period. Barkley shot uh, against the Spurs no, that no. sunk that series mm. would be up there. It doesn't even come come close to winning a World Series. Right. But that's got to be up there.
1: The uh, only other the, – the one I was thinking of uh, it was the 2015 divisional playoffs Larry Fitzgerald. Yep. It's technically, it's two plays. Mm-hmm. But, but for the purposes of my – to make a point, I'll take some liberties and say that was one single play where he scored against the Packers on the shovel – in that was in To me, the play before was bigger.
2: Because without that play, they don't even no. get that, that shot. Yeah. That That's why I said you – know, Plus, me, it
0: has – that one play had it all. Carson scrambles. He finds – somehow yeah. Larry's by himself. Then you got the stiff arm halfway to the to – the, to the, you know, well, inside it, the
1: five. And so you come back to that play the other night that DeAndre Ayton scored on. Obviously, you give him credit. Mm-hmm. But a lot – to your point, you know, it wasn't DeAndre Ayton. There was a lot that went into that so play to make that, that pass yep. in that situation.
2: I thought it was a complete blunder – of the Los Angeles Clippers. I do, I First, agree. why do you have Boogie Cousins in there? Two, why don't you have Boogie Cousins blocking the the, the vision of Jay Crowder in the basket? Jay yeah. had a perfect look. Like all he had to do was just traject the ball yeah. to the basket and, and let DeAndre Aiden time it up and put it in.
0: And, and three, why is Zubak even following DeAndre? His ass should have been underneath the hoop and not move it.
2: Well, because then they would have given it, it would have given uh the the opportunity for for uh Batun, Nicholas Batoon to come out to step out on Devin Booker because remember the reason that that play worked is because Batoon knew he couldn't leave Devin Booker and right. they knew that. It's, and it's, so yes. Zubin did everything right. He just can't jump over a Sunday newspaper. I mean, that 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 just really <laughs> what the the game comes down to. It's if he wrong. could jump, then that's a moot play. It it, it it doesn't go off. But, you know, I think Batoon had no choice. He was kind of stuck in no man's land. And the fact that Boogie Cousins was de- was defending it inc- improperly. Like, he should have been in a direct vision of Jay Crowder in the basket. And the fact that he was off to his right, he had a perfect look at it. And, and he threw a perfect pass. You give him credit for it. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, that's going to do it for the Suns. They, uh, they pick it up this weekend in Los Angeles. Game four against the Clippers. On the other side, we'll take a look. More NBA talk coming up on Training Groups. Train and Gross. That break was longer than they normally are.
2: <laughs> we had some business to handle, brother. Sean Crespin,
1: you were unusually quiet in our opening segment. How's that apple fritter treating you? <laughs> it is uh,
0: not bad. It's kind of dangerous that I
2: found these now. Hey, you, you said something else that was really shocking. You said you'd never been where? To Bosa Donuts. Wow. It is. Treat yourself, brother. Treat yourself. Shout out to Bosa. Get him a gift card. I mean, something. Easiest birthday gift, slash, whatever gift, Christmas, whatever.
1: Just on the way home from the gym,
2: since you're living healthy now. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: what I say, it's kind of dangerous that I just found this now. Mm. Down 31 pounds. But see, now you
2: can eat it, and now knowing that you've got a lifestyle now, you Be can right? feel
0: better about it. Yeah, right. it's not wrong.
1: Yeah, that you get a dozen of them, and shoot that lifestyle yeah. to hell. <laughs> that
0: sounds. <laughs> There's that.
1: What happened to Sean? <laughs> yeah. Apple fritters. I thought he was
0: doing well. Oh, somebody told him apple fritters <laughs> Train were to healthy. told him about these apple fritters.
1: Somebody told him they were healthy.
2: Yeah. They had apples in them. <laughs> Got a whole <laughs> apple in an apple fritter.
0: Uh,
1: NBA talk continues. The Atlanta Hawks up 1-0 on the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to ask you a question to start this segment off, be trained. Yeah. We're kind of biased here in Phoenix, obviously, but mm-hmm. in terms of bursting on the NBA postseason mm-hmm. uh, scene, and Devin Booker here. Yes. And Trey <laughs> Young in Atlanta.
2: Trey in a big way in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. I, nationally, I wonder, and again, we, we live, we're, we're, our vision is clouded here. I wonder what the bigger story is, Devin Booker or Trey Young. Because
2: you look on social media.
1: I, the, yeah. The worldwide leader is all Trey Young all the time.
2: I think it's Trey Young because of how he came into the league. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was traded for Luka Doncic. And Luka Doncic has not disappointed either. We're talking about two of the more talented players under 25. If you were to talk about, if you were to reclassify that that group, that 2018 group, mm-hmm. and and say, okay, who's the best player right now in that class? You're looking at one and one A, yeah. and and you could take your pick. Yeah. And I think both teams would probably be very happy with their outcome, and they would do it again. I think that's a really good point.
1: Well. I think that's a really good point, too, because typically when you have those types of deals, you look around and like, man, that didn't work out for one or the other. Mm-hmm. And so the both to say, look, this, this has worked out so far so good no for doubt. both of them. The other thing that I would say about Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks is they came in as a five seed, if you recall. Suns, we talked a lot about the, the, the desert that has been the postseason drought for the Suns going back, uh, what, 11 years. It's not like the Atlanta Hawks have been a, a common, common uh, presence in the postseason. Uh, but to come in as a fifth seed yes. and now to be playing in the Eastern Conference finals, finals, I think that helps the narrative as well.
2: Mike, there is no one, and I mean no one in the basketball world, that had the Atlanta Falcon or Atlanta Hawks in the conference finals. Right. And this is a team that has won three consecutive game ones on the road. Yeah. So you talk about a team that is getting it done in adverse situations. I think Trey Young, I think he gets all of the attention because of the fact that I think he's had a little bit of a harder road to go. When you've got to go on the road to start series and you go and steal game one at home or on the road against teams that are favored over you, I think that sends a direct message. And I think those teams, especially the first two that he sent packing, uh, New York and, and uh, the Sixers, they never recovered from that initial punch. We always talk about people have a plan until they get punched in the mouth. All right. They didn't have a plan. New York and Philly didn't have a plan, B, after they got punched in the mouth in game one. And, and you saw that again in game one with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I, I just got to say this too, Mike. And I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm hogging the mic, but let me just say this too. Can we please, 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 please take the interim tag off of Nate McMillan?
1: I saw you put that on Twitter, and I couldn't, could not agree more.
2: Are you, are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding? Could not agree more. Interim coach? I mean, like, they still introduce him. After games when he's won as interim coach in the conference finals.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know what, what. What do you have to do? I don't know. What do you have to do? <laughs> but going know. back to the Hawks and what they did. Yeah. You, know, you, you can kind of get, you know, the Knicks, right? You can kind of. Yeah, four or five. With identical records. So it's yes. a tiebreaker yes. type of thing. Yes. But you're 100% correct about the, the Sixers because Six. you knock off. The, as the five seed, you knock off the one seed. And we said the same thing. Man, did you see what they did game one? And then they did the exact same thing against the three seed, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? So, Coming off a
2: big win against the uh, Brooklyn Nets.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You're of the opinion, though, that uh, Trey Young better have his uh, – he better have his head on a swivel tonight after, after some of the uh, – after some of the uh, plays uh, from from the other night,
2: Mike, you, you you start talking. You go back to and one mixtapes, and a lot of a lot of the antics <laughs> that he put out there. Yeah. In that game was and one mixtape. Yeah, ish. it was. You talk about the the alley oop off the backboard, and then you talk about the, the the crossover with the shimmy, and 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 you pause there, and then after the pause, you stand and you stare at the crowd for a, a, a full second for a that, count that, yeah. that all those things add up to showing up your opponent. And, and those things are, are are generally frowned upon. I know this isn't the nineties and, and we're all from a different era. We grew up in yeah. a different era where those type of things were met swiftly and, 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 and quickly, right. You know, as far as, as retaliation, it's a different league, but I still think the sentiment is still the same as far as, the Milwaukee players are going to have something to say about
1: that. It's not Major League Baseball. We don't have the unwritten rules, but. No. But. Oh, there's going to be somebody send a message to
0: yeah. Young tonight. He went down, for sure. Was there anybody, you don't get that quite as much in the NFL, but was there anybody that ever got under the skin of a defense you were on? Oh, Richard
2: Incognito Incon- Really? Oh, my God, yes. Okay. I mean, this was a guy that he was known to be nasty. I even think about Kevin Mouay. Kevin Mouin was was that guy, too, as a center. And and he was, admittedly, is a, a little bit dirty. You know, he, he'd do some things. You know, you remember the old ref uh, with the infamous call. Uh, he was giving them the business. Giving them the business. That, that, that was Kevin Mawai to his heart. And Richard Incognito, that was him to a T. He loved giving people the business. And so, yeah, there's always those kind of guys. And even with the Cardinals, you, you know Dockett didn't always play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, he, he wasn't a choir boy out there. Let's just say that.
0: Is Richie Incognito still he's, in the league? He's with Vegas now. Uh, really? He was out all last year. He played one game. Actually, played the first series of one game. Mm-hmm. And then went out, uh, but he's back again this year. Matter of fact, they think they voted him team captain again. He's
1: a local guy, Mountain Ridge High School. Yeah. yeah. And apparently uh, had quite the reputation. He had some issues. At Mountain Ridge High School and, of course, went on to Nebraska. Uh, while we're talking about the NBA, Becky Hammond's name is still getting kicked around as a potential head coach. She's being – uh, Portland apparently is very interested
2: in hiring her. and She makes a lot of sense, Mike. She makes a lot of sense. She's a Greg Popovich yeah. disciple. Bingo. And one, she has proven herself after many years yeah. on the sidelines with, with Greg as far as an assistant coach. And talk about the Greg Popovich tree. I mean, it's growing exponentially yeah, yeah. because, uh, you know, uh, the coach of the Boston Celtics, I I can't remember his name, but – He's being hired as the new coach from from uh San Antonio. So there there's lots of coaching changes and Jason Kidd. Very yeah. own Jason Kidd is is going to be the new coach of the Dallas Mavericks. So lots of changes. Jason Kidd. Going on. How about that? I mean, the man has had a star-crossed career to say the least. Yeah. From his time as a player to his time as a coach for him to come full circle. I just hope that he's ready. I hope he's ready for this moment. I hope he's he's Figured everything out. He seems to be in a, in a happy place. You know, new marriage, new, new family, all those things. We'll just say we wish him the best.
1: Yeah. It, it, that, it's, it's an interesting hire. Interesting. I, on the one hand, you definitely get it, but there's a lot of, like I should have said, there are a lot of buts with that hire. Wow. So we'll, we'll see. But again, you when we talked about the Dallas Mavericks, yes. we, we talked about they got to do something.
0: They're a mess. They are a mess. Is this it, though? Is this the something? I don't this, know. This no. is a guy no, who. No, no. You go back to his previous two coaching stints as a head coach Nets, Bucks. It didn't go well. I understand he's. I understand he's. Jason Kidd won you a championship in Dallas. I get it. But that doesn't mean he's a great coach. It doesn't mean he's right to get this roster right.
1: Well, and, and that's the key is who do they put in place around him and what do they do to get that roster right? Because that roster is missing yeah. some, some critical pieces. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Trey Young, you mentioned Luke Doncic. If you don't get some help around Luka Doncic right now, it, you know individually it'll be great, all these great accolades, but you got to get some help around him in order for them to go past the first round.
2: Mike, I think Jason Kidd is going to be a better coach for Luka Doncic because he is more relatable than Rick Carlisle was. Okay. And I got a lot of love and a lot of respect for Rick Carlisle. He's mm-hmm. a champion as a coach. Uh, he's been in two different places and, and had success with both stints, and he's going back to Indiana, which good for him. Mm-hmm. But I just think when you start thinking about Luca and what kind of coach he needs, Jason Kidd actually makes a lot of sense. And I think if you're Mark Cuban, the fact that you brought Dirk Nowitzki back in as a consultant special to you, like he, he's a consultant to Mark Cuban now, You bring in the the franchise's all-time great player to to be that ambassador, if you will. He had to do that. And Dirk Nowitzki and Nuka Doncic had to sign off on this hire because if either one of them had issues with it, I don't think Jason Kidd gets hired as a new head coach.
1: And the last thing NBA-wise before we get out of here is the NBA draft lottery the other night and the Houston Rockets didn't even win that. (sighs) Number two. Detroit Pistons, uh, I think they said... Correct me if I'm wrong you guys, maybe I, I read this wrong. First time in uh, I, I, draft lottery history, since they've been doing it this way.
2: Since Patrick Ewing with that 85, been the upset. Yeah.
1: Detroit Pistons get number one in the upcoming NBA draft. And uh, I did a little research third time in Pistons history. They had the, uh, the first round pick 1967, mm. Jimmy Walker mm. out of Providence, wow. uh, he was okay, uh, moved on from Detroit, ended up in Kansas City, and then walked away from the game. Uh, and then uh, the, the big one, if you're a Pistons fan, 1970 mm. from St. Bonaventure, mm. the big dauber, mm. Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier. Uh, that was uh, – <laughs> I don't know that there's a Bob Lanier in this draft, but yeah. take it.
2: What, what was my guy that, that was drafted before Carmelo? In the two thousand three draft,
1: Darko Milicic. Darko Milicic. I he's mean, a farmer. Farmer back
2: home. Number two
1: pick. Somebody of went the draft. and found him, and hey, he's a farmer back home somewhere. Number two pick, Mike. Yeah. And, uh, you know like I, that, that killed Joe Dumars' careers. Uh, it really did. There was not. He won championships as a general manager. That year, he won a
2: championship. But he's more well known for that pick for Darko Milicic, and not taking Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> he won an NBA championship. Yes, and still was fired because that was such a bad pick.
1: Jimmy Walker was an interesting story, and I don't know if you guys saw this. I went back and read it. I remember hearing about it. But he, Jimmy Walker is Jalen Rose's father, and they, never, they did not know each other. Wow. And they finally connected. Right late, before he died. Right before he died, and they had a meeting scheduled, and Jimmy Walker passed away before Jalen Rose could meet him in person. Wow. They had spoken on the phone. Jimmy Walker followed his career. Um, really, you say what you will about ESPN and some of the things they do, especially the, Mm -hmm. but their written material is really good. And if you haven't read it, go back and read the story about Jimmy Walker and Jalen Rose. It'll, it'll put a tear in your eye about, you know, he passed away from lung cancer before he got to meet his son.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think about the e sixties and I think about the 30 for thirties. Yeah. I don't know if there's any more, I don't think there's any better sports content right out there than what ESPN provides on those two mediums
0: there's been a handful of 30 for 30s that are about topics i have no interest in you just going through my daily life yeah and you'll sit down and, and watch one segment of it and next thing you know you're like well i can't turn this off i mean I, there was one about a marching band i think one time i was, I was just sucked in like this is amazing content and yeah 30 for 30s are are, uh, are where it's at the ultimate 30 for 30 though is called winning time Oh, yeah, Reggie Miller. Absolutely. Reggie, Reggie versus yeah, the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That down. is the best 30 for 30 that they've made so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. I've watched it like seven times. Yeah. So good.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Sorry. Sorry, Houston
2: Rockets. Yeah. I mean, my, really, Mike? You're you going to do that I to br- me, man? Well, it's
0: part of the,
1: I was reading the script. It's part of the NBA segment we do. I mean. I don't well, even okay. know, though, this year, like,
2: who <laughs> do, let's do our mock draft real quick. Oh, this the kid from Oklahoma State, uh, Cade or whatever. I can't remember his Kate name. Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunadago. Cunningham, yeah. He's the number one pick. He's the guy going to Detroit. And after that. It's,
1: it's not a great draft, I
2: guess, is the yeah, point. He's right.
0: pulling the, uh, the same thing. Remember when uh, DeAndre Ayton came out? He worked for he worked out for the Suns and the Suns only. It's already been announced that Cade Cunningham's working out for the Pistons. And the Pistons, the Pistons only. Pistons only. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's going there. That's what, that's what there it's going to be.
1: All right. On the other side, we'll do uh, some news and notes around the world of sports. Coming up, Train and Gross. Train and Gross. You ever had an apple fritter on crust? It's delicious. Those are I so crescent. good.
3: <laughs>
1: Man, I just finished mine. It was yummy. Wow. It was yummy. All right, uh, speaking of not yummy, <sighs> <sighs> Arizona Diamondbacks. <clears throat> That's the I've opposite heard, of yummy.
0: I've heard, the, I've heard people describe what's going on with the Diamondbacks in a lot of different ways. Not yummy. It's a new one. That's good, though.
1: 21-55 so, is not yummy. So it's
2: not <laughs> yummy. It's yucky.
1: 28 games <laughs> behind the San Francisco Giants is wow. not yummy. It's yucky. They're 1-9 in their last 10. Yucky. And I was driving in listening to the flagship station, and uh, the update yucky. came in and said something like, well, the Diamondbacks did win on Monday. Like that's what we're reduced to with the Diamondbacks. They won on Monday.
2: Yucky. Not yummy, but yucky. Yucky. Y- yucky. I mean, good thing we have the Suns right now. Because if if all we had to talk about were the Diamondbacks, th- this would be a very depressed city as far as sports is concerned because every new every it seems like all of the news has not been great in the last seventy-two hours At in home. reference to sports here in the valley.
1: Yeah, they're on pace
0: to win forty-four games on a hundred sixty-two game schedule. Ugh. Forty-four. Well, and they're playing tonight as we record this on a Friday, mm. which and they're back out on the road, Ugh. starting a six-game road trip today in San Diego, and then Yucky. I believe in uh, against the, against the Cardinals, St. Louis. Yucky. But that twenty-three game consecutive road losing streak—it's mm. on the line. On the line. In about an hour from now, they got the reporting. champagne
1: on ice. See if they can break the.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's champagne, though, that they'd be opening up.
1: I think we, you and I talked about this. Your worst year as a professional athlete, I think record wise, was early in your career. My rookie year. Um, it grinds, though, doesn't it? Yes, I mean, it does. A, a, did the edge come off at all for you? Because you came out of a very successful collegiate program. Mm-hmm. And so then you get tossed into into that type of a situation. Yep. I mean. First we, two
2: years, 3 and 13. We lost. 26 games my first two years in the league. I'd never lost 26 games total in my life. And I played three different sports in high school. Mentally. It's a grind. It, it, it's the worst. I would not wish that on anybody. Now, I wasn't a 0-16. Now, I can only imagine what those Detroit Lions yeah. went through. And, and there was another team that just went through. it recently, The Browns. I, I, I can't imagine that an entire season not winning anything. But to lose the first 11 games of my professional career – that's something that I can never get back. I can never outlive it because I remember the feeling in the locker room. I remember the desperation that we had. And the first team we beat, Mike, was the defending champions, the Green Bay Packers that mm-hmm. year. So it, it was so surreal just how everything played out. But when you're in that kind of a losing streak, Mike, you you everything becomes magnified. The, the details, how you practice, how you – go out as a team, how you get along or don't get along, all those relationships become magnified when you lose. Winning covers up a multitude of sins. I mean, I, that's one of the old, oldest adages, if you will, in, in sports history, but it's so true. Yep. When you're winning, there's a lot of things that just kind of get pushed under the rug and saved for a later date. But Conversely, when you're losing, everything gets magnified. Yep. So it, 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 it's tough sledding for the Diamondbacks right now. I know it's a struggle, but, and the only thing that they can do is just put their head down and go to work every day.
1: In other news uh, in town, Cardinals rookie Zayvon Collins uh, was arrested for reckless driving uh, earlier uh, Sunday, I guess, uh, here in Metropolitan Phoenix. And he obviously didn't listen to the podcast last time because you gave an admonishment to everybody out there as teams were breaking, getting ready for the, the last break before training camp started. And uh, he was arrested uh, at 10.04 a.m. Mm. going 76 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour zone near uh, Chaparral uh, East Chaparral
2: Road in Scottsdale. Um, I know that road. I know that stretch of road. I mean, I.
1: 7400 East Chaparral. That's up by the high school up there. That so. is
2: exactly by the high school. It's over there by, you know, by Chaparral and, and uh, Swarrow over there. So I, I just look at it and, and Mike, it, it. That's 41 miles an hour in case you uh, yeah. In case you struggle with math. Yeah. In case you struggle. But to me, when you're that young and you have access to things that. You haven't had access to ever in your life until now. Those are some of the pitfalls. Those yep. are some of the, the things that people say, well, see, you shouldn't have that. You, you don't deserve to have it. It's not that he doesn't deserve it. It's just you don't know what to do with it yet. Yep. And I think when you're young and you're having that free time where you don't have any type of supervision, nobody's telling you what to do, where to go, what time to be at a certain place, you, you, you feel like you're completely free. And, and Mike, It happens every single year. I give that admonishment every single year. Don't get out of shape and don't be that guy. And inevitably, there's always somebody who gets out of shape and there's always somebody who's that guy.
1: In Arizona, reckless driving is considered a class two misdemeanor and is a jailable offense. So he's got more uh, time with the (laughs) with the law coming and the other thing that he gets which uh you you try to avoid at all costs is the obligatory booking photo Mm. and it didn't do him any favors no it wasn't a good look Mm. uh for him uh the the the, i don't even want to say the the only good thing because there is no good thing but when i heard about this as i said i was on vacation so uh my daughter said oh man zavin collins was arrested i said oh no what happened she Mm -hmm. goes criminal speeding i said and, and yeah, because I was just waiting for the sh- the other shoe to drop. I-, I figured there might have been alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. I-, I hate to I hate to go negative, but I figured that was the case. Uh, so I guess if there is a a positive, silver I- lining. Silver lining. There you go. You know, there was no drugs or alcohol involved. No no weapon involved. No nothing else other than the criminal speeding.
2: Just a dumb choice yeah. by a young guy. Yeah, uh, a rookie who hadn't even made a dent in the league yet, who already making poor decisions. You hope it doesn't translate into his career and what happens after this. But I think he's going to learn his lesson far- fairly soon. Mm-hmm. And this will probably be one of those scared straight type of moments where he is he's at a crossroads, he, really, he, right? He's going to, he, he's probably going to come out uh, squeaky clean and, and, and really be a model citizen going forward because he's learned a lesson that maybe it takes some guys two, three years to learn that if you make a stupid mistake, it's going to cost you a lot more than a few bucks.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point, and we'll see what happens. And then uh, the other story that's kicking around, and it's taken on a life of its own, is ASU football. Wow. Uh, Yahoo Sports, I think, started it, and then other publications, The Athletic, ESPN, are following up. But, you know, there are a lot of layers to this, but, but we'll start with some pretty serious recruiting violations uh, being alleged against the Sun Devils football program uh, which are made worse mm. uh, by, f- by the fact that, you know, college football put in some pretty severe restrictions around recruiting relative to COVID and what you could and couldn't do on campus visits, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And I know my daughter is a coach at an NCAA member institution. They had to take like, you know, they were notified of what these were and then you had to take a test mm. to say, all right, I've read this, I understand this, you got to pass this test. No on-campus visits, you can't go off so basically, all you could do is uh, recruit by phone and social media, Zoom. email, <laughs> however else. But you yeah. couldn't, basically, you couldn't meet in person. Yes. Whether it be at the, the recruit's home or school or at the, school, or yeah. At the university. Yeah. And apparently, ASU is like, rules don't apply to us. Yeah. What right. rules? Um, but the other thing that's interesting, like I said, this is going to be looked at a lot of levels because, you know, on the one hand, you would say recruiting violations in, in college sports in general. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. Uh, but. How the NCAA was made aware of this? Apparently, it's coming from snitches get stitches, man. right? It's coming that's from where we, that's where it is. It's like that old, <laughs> it's like that old horror movie. The call came from inside the house, <laughs> right? So apparently, everything was was wrapped up with a nice bow on it, delivered to the NCAA infractions Here department. Here you go. From within ASU's football program. Here you go. They have pictures of receipts. They have videotape. They have records of this and wow. that wow! all delivered from within the football program. With a nice red bow on top. You know, and, this, and I think this is the thing. Yeah, year. exactly. This is the thing that's got to be frustrating for ASU fans, right? Because you hear, uh, and I still think it's the case, because these things take a while to play out, that this is the year for the Sun Devils to make their mark, to win the South and, and to see if they can't go on and do big things this season. They've got a really favorable schedule. And, Uh, you know so far it's early but so far a lot of these preseason prognostications are picking the devils Mm -hmm. to come out of the Pac-12 and perhaps all the way to the college football playoffs but man this has got to hang over this program like a dark cloud and the fact that it's coming from inside you got to be if you work there or you're a player you got to be looking
2: over your shoulder. Like, who can you trust? I mean, Mike, you talk about a dark cloud. I mean, this is going to be actually, there's actually leaking inside the house. There's water damage inside the house. That's the equivalent of that. And when you start talking about Sun Devil, and even, I'll even go even further as far as Arizona University, I've always had issues with the fact that they don't recruit a lot of local players. That's mm-hmm. been my biggest hang up about ASU and, and U of A. But then when you start talking about how they're recruiting players outside of the state, Really? You're doing all that and you're still not winning the Pac-12? There, yeah. there, There's a huge disconnect here. And, yeah. and uh, I think for a lot of those coaches on Hermit with staff, I mean, I think they were starting to feel the heat. I think they were starting to feel the pressure. And you start talking about you got to win now. Well, in order to win, you got to have some of the best players. In order to win the Pac-12, you've got to have some of the better players in the Pac-12. And you're competing with the USC's. You're competing with the Oregon's. You're competing with so many other teams, the Colorados, I, I mean, the list goes on and on, Stanford. And for for them, they had to take a look at the landscape of this of this conference and be like, okay, where do we sit? And how do we get ourselves better in, in quick, fast, in a hurry? Yeah, we, we're gonna have to do some things. And, and it's unfortunate that the whistleblowers were probably from within, but it just goes to show a house divided cannot stand, Mike.
1: I'm going to read the first paragraph from the most recent article at Yahoo Sports because this, I think this just kind of shows this isn't like a, because a, a lot of times you hear about these things and mm-hmm. it's an alleged mm-hmm. allegation mm-hmm. of of you know improprieties of some sort or another. The dossier, dossier of documents sounds like a, a political thing, like here's yeah. a dossier of documents sent to the Arizona State Compliance Department and the NCAA Enforcement Department on May 31st begins with a blunt message about the allegations of NCAA improprieties in the ASU football program. And it goes on to say that this letter provides in meticulous, Mm. meticulous, excuse me, details, Mm. the series of alleged violations. Mm. So that's the first part, that they've got somebody from within the house
2: or somebody that is no longer there. You can stay right there, Mike, because that's the biggest part. The fact that somebody on the inside had intimate knowledge of what was going on and detailed it out. For the people that were going to bring judgment on this program, somebody had an axe to grind, yeah. and I think you don't have to go any further than that. When you haven't taken care of the people that are in house, then you're going to have these type of problems. And and it, it's one thing to feel like the NCAA is coming down on you, but when people within your your organization and within your program are actually the ones that are trying to bring you down, that speaks to disconnection and dis and and malcontent. And, Mike, it, it seems as if it's opening up Pandora's box of all the things that were happening with ASU.
1: Well, no, absolutely. And, and you've got the question about who. Like, if you work at ASU right now, you're looking over your shoulder. Can I trust you? Can I trust you? If you're a player, what you get? How come I didn't get it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, the other thing, when you hear about these NCAA viol- violations in other places, it takes the NCAA a while to gather records and to do all these different things to make the case. Yeah. This was delivered right to them. Yeah. It was like, here, we did your job for you. Yeah, They're you talking about they got copies of receipts, they've got copies of emails, they've got copy of text. They're, apparently, there's a video of Herm Edwards in a, in a, a meeting mm. with a recruit during the, the dead time, the, the COVID dead time. And here's the thing I felt like when, when you h- hired Herm Edwards, mm. you know, they said, Look, we're going to do this different. We're going to run this like an NFL program. Man of integrity. Right? Impeccable
2: man. Man- integrity.
1: and we're, but, but, you know, you, you're going to have the buck stops here with Herm Edwards. Yeah. Everything that happens is going to be like the head coach, general manager. CEO. Of, of, of an NFL team. Yep. You know, you, you know he, 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 he has to own this. Yeah. He has to be
2: there's, responsible for There's this. no way he can get around it, Mike, because he is the man in charge. He is the head honcho. And I think if this thing plays out the way that we think it will – I don't know if Herm survives this. I don't see any way that he How can How high survive.
1: up does that go, though, beyond Herm? Because oh, the I... other thing, and you, you've heard this, Sean's heard this, you know, when you talk about these types of things, what happened down at U of A? Oof. Lack of institutional control.
2: Yeah, that starts like, at the very top. Because
1: you have to, and I hate to say it this way, but you have to assume, particularly in big-time programs where the pressure to win is so enormous, you have to assume that sometimes coaches, assistant coaches, recruiting coordinators, yep, yep. they're going to look for an edge. They're going yep. to they're gonna try to cut corners where yep, they can. Yep. So you have to have a really strong uh, team on top of them, athletic directors, assistant athletic directors, director of compliance, administrators, to keep them in check. And Coach, did you do board. this? Coach, when did you talk to this yep, kid? Yep. No, you, you, we got to report this. Everybody's and then it's a minor it. violation because, hey, Coach Barry got out in front of it. He was two days early. He mm-hmm. talked to a kid. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll take that hit. hmm where was that going on at ASU?
2: Mike, this doesn't happen where everything is, is okay. Right. This, isn't, this doesn't happen where everybody's on the same page and everybody's happy with the way things are being done. Somebody or some people were extremely upset because I think it takes more than one person to pull this off. You have to have a couple of people who have been having outdoor meetings or private meetings at lunchtime, and, and they're whispering to one another while they're in office, and, and they, they feel a certain type of way about something that's going on because people don't do this to people that they're happy with.
1: Yeah. The other thing in the Yahoo story uh, is that the former employees of the ASU football program Mm. indicated that they want to talk to the
3: NCAA. Mm. it's never good,
1: Mike. It's never good. And, and, you know, the point being around that is, you know, usually if something's going down, again, we'll compare this to the U of A situation that went on for years because they had to track people down and nobody wanted to talk to them. They were one step ahead of the law. You got somebody who was in there, probably helped or was re- responsible for. Pick me. Pick me. Yeah. I'm ready. I'll talk to you now. Let's do it. How much do I get? I will talk to you. How much do I get? Right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, man. It's bad. It's bad.
2: bad. It's really bad.
1: And uh, John Wilner, who covers the Pac-12 for the San Jose Mercury News and, and has a wonderful blog, and, uh, and, and he's really dialed into these things. He, he reminded, you know kids can still get out of ASU now, mm. you know, with the rules that are in place, mm. people can transfer out. Mm. You know, I think it's, I saw July 1st, you can get out without taking the hit to the eligibility. Now, whether or not there's a school that has a scholarship available and all that, I get it. But if, you know, cause a lot of times when you know, there's a, when there's a train coming down the track, mm. if you can get off before the collision, you you, you don't want to get dirty with that. So, you know, uh,
2: man, NCAA could play, could slow play that and kind of help out ASU too, and kind of prolong yeah. that, that, that verdict. And so, those kids can get stuck. So either way, you just feel bad for the kids that want to be there and, and feel like they're doing it the right way because th- this isn't going to end well. No. If you're going to be a Sun Devil and you're loyal and you're committed, you're going to have to go through some tough times starting now.
1: The, the other thing uh, that, that's out there is that apparently, and this is where it gets dicey and you wonder what kind of records are out there, who's got receipts, who's got pictures of emails and, uh-huh. and, and text messages. Yeah, yeah. But Jaden Daniels' mom mm. – star quarterback mm. of the ASU Sun Devils. Wow. Apparently she paid mm. for some of the recruits yeah. or at least a recruit to make the trip over. So that in and of itself is not illegal. But was she reimbursed? If she was reimbursed, then you got a problem.
2: See, Mike, yeah. there, there's so many levels to this and there are so many people that could potentially be harmed that in their minds, they were doing something good to help the program get better. And, they didn't ask for this, that I, I think as, this un, as you start to peel the onion back and you start to get through all the different layers, I think even the innocent people are going to be touched yeah. in some way. And they didn't even know it. Yeah. And, and that's the unfortunate part about something like this. When you have this lack of institutional control, as we've mm-hmm. talked about, there's going to be a lot of, of collateral damage. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't know if a lot of people who were presently, in the program are going to be able to escape that
1: yeah no it's 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 going to be interesting to see how this plays out i'd love to be a fly on the wall in terms of you know damage control yes like if you're in the in in the media relations department you know you you you've got to pull those guys in because you've got to control this message now you know and at some point you might just say look you know whatever was delivered to the ncaa was also delivered to asu so they i could just see like one of those movies where they got the copy machine going and the shredders going and they were making two copies so you know if you're asu you know what the ncaa has and what are you doing from a damage control standpoint because you also know what the potential penalties are yeah and to your point that you're making there's going to be collateral damage there's going to be there's going to be some ugliness coming but can you limit that Mm. can you say oh my god we had no idea let's 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 Throw ourselves on the live grenade right no, now. No, that's out. Get over.
2: No, that's out, Mike. Because I mean, when you have got detailed intel on what was going on, this is almost like Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. Remember when he first when he left and, and he hand walked that stuff to the to the press and and you know the, put it the, in the mailbox. Put it in the mailbox and then you know he heard the sirens coming. I don't I don't I don't advocate for that type of ending. But I mean, I'm just telling you, there's going to be. A whole lot of people put in positions that they didn't expect to be put in. Wow. And it's, it's going to get ugly. Real ugly. Man. How about that? Shawshank Redemption. That was good. That,
1: but that was a really good reference. <laughs> yeah. That was a really good reference. Because they took advantage Vandy. They Andy, took advantage of him. Took and, advantage of him Until he's he's like, he hey. had
2: enough. Until he had enough. Took the man's shoes. Took his <laughs> You know. <laughs> Taking out the, the rocks in in the in, in the yard, you know what I mean, as he was oh, building his tunnel. That that's good. It's a great
1: movie. Well done, b Train. Great movie, man. That's one of my favorite movies of all so time. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, but yeah, this is the story that, that that's keeps on be giving. Heavy. Yeah, right. All right. On the other side, we always say this. Well, maybe not for today though, because usually we do a build up to pump the brakes, mm. and then of course dad jokes. Yeah. But today we let off with apple fritters. Yeah, it's kind of hard to top the apple fritters, brother. So we'll work hard at that. We'll see if we can do it. The, uh, the research staff from the other room just delivered the uh, <laughs> questions uh, to Sean Crespin. So we'll do that on the other side. You're listening to Training Grumps. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And no, I didn't play this on the road trip. I'm still happily married. <laughs> still a little disappointed in that. Did you know, state of Wyoming, you can go 80 on the interstate. Yeah texas you can go 80. Uh, 75 through the panhandle i don't know if it's down deep in the heart of it's different in the heart you can go 80 brother it's wide open so i was on i-90 so you were going about 75. i was going 75. i'm like damn people going fast then the (laughs) sign says you go 80. so i was like yeah pump it up there speaking of pump it up pumped it up didn't pump the brakes on that no and then the other thing is man every state in this country is doing road work every state it's so much construction.
2: I think the heat I think the heat is really affecting the roads man I really do because it's, it's, it's hot it's hot everywhere it's, okay. and the heat is
1: becoming a factor got to Casper Wyoming it was 105 degrees in beautiful Casper
2: Wyoming some, some something's up I mean I, I'm no expert in that area at all but one thing I can pay attention to is the numbers across the board and numbers across the board are, are extremely high right now there we go all right
0: all right, here we go. We're gonna start local. You I'll got weather throw... questions and pump. The brakes? I don't. I can throw one in there if you'd like, but I, I currently do not. Uh, I can. Uh, I'm gonna throw you guys out some statements about different stories in the world of sports. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on it or if you're rolling with it. All right. All right. And make sure I got the correct little sound effects here. There we go. All right. The Phoenix Suns. They will never have a better opportunity to win the title than the one that presents them right now. Pump the brakes
2: or not? No, I'm not pumping the brakes. This was as clear a path as you could possibly get. Ever get. I, I, I don't ever remember a team making a run other than maybe the 2019 Toronto Raptors. Because they, they played a few teams that had some injuries, and particularly in the championship series against the Golden State Warriors. No Klay Thompson, no Kevin Durant. So that that was kind of this year-ish for yeah. them. But to, to go through the Lakers With no with a with an unhealthy LeBron unhealthy, unhealthy Anthony Davis You go through Denver You don't have Jamal Murray You're going through the Clippers right now With no Kawhi Leonard And then if you get to the championship Series, the finals I mean, who knows who you're going to face yeah. I mean, I, it, you, everybody kind of thought A week ago I would have said The way that this played out Oh, it's, it's Milwaukee, no question Now I actually have a I have to pump the brakes on that and yeah. say, uh, you know, I don't know. But I think as far as the Suns, it will never be gift-wrapped like it no, is this sure.
1: never. Well, and, and the other side of that equation, because you're absolutely right. You, you played banged-up teams up and down the line. And and the Suns team has been remarkably healthy. You know, you've got, the obviously, the two games with Chris Paul with COVID. You've got... Devin Booker with the face mask on, but he's able to go. Mm-hmm. Paul with the shoulder. Pa- Paul with the shoulder. And now the question is, you know, how much campaign. time was, was campaign gonna yep. miss? So you've been relatively healthy through all this. So it, the, the scales have definitely worked out in your favor. And I compare that back to, to when you guys made your run back in the day. Like, and I, I, I asked this question. I said, you know, how many, you know, the offensive line that year. Like I don't know that there was any All Stars or, or
2: a Hall of Famers. Yeah, they didn't miss any games. No, they didn't miss any games, but we didn't play any teams banged up. Mike, Carolina was not banged up. No, no out. But I'm talking about Atlanta just how you got to have luck
1: up. on your side. Oh, no question. You got to have luck because whatever you when you look back at how did this team win a championship?
2: Yeah. You know, you, you all you can
1: talk about all the different things going It lined to up it. for us, yeah. And luck had to be in your favor to host that
2: NFC Championship game, to host was huge. the
1: NFC. But when you have huge. in 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 the NFL, when you can say you're not rolling in and out offensive linemen throughout the course of a season, for sure, that's a big deal. It is, and a big I deal. look at that's kind of the same thing here. This team has been re- relatively healthy, yes, they. And have. if that continues, that's absolutely in the favor. So yeah. I'm not pumping the brakes. If either. this
0: team doesn't win a title this year, it'll be right up there with, and this is your Houston guy, mm-hmm. uh, 1994. So it was the year after the Bulls beat the Suns in the finals. MJ retires. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys on that Suns team will tell you they felt they were a more talented basketball team in 94 than they were in the 93 series when they went to the finals. But they got bounced by your Houston Rockets in 94 after taking a 2-0 series lead. They got bounced by by the Rockets. Rockets go on to win that title. And a lot of Suns fans... In seven. Yep.
2: Against a team who was... Uh, With with John Starks, who was 1-for-17 in that game.
0: But a lot of Suns fans and then players on that team will tell you they feel like that's the one that was Jordan out of the way. This is our shot, and they blew a 2-0 series lead. If you don't win this title this year, you'll have those same feelings down the road because right now as you sit, you have a 2-1 series lead on the Clippers with no Kawhi, as you pointed out. The only thing standing in your way really is Giannis. Right. I mean, if if you don't, you take, can't say that right now. because you I'm can't telling say you,
2: Atlanta is <laughs> making that a not so fast. My so friend. this well, is this is um, this is a. It's as wide open uh, never gonna a, a final four as you're, you're never ever going to get. Well, yeah. we go back to
1: it because you said a week ago you would have said the Bucks without question. Two weeks ago we would have said the Nets. Yeah. And you because I think I I don't
2: want to put words in your I mouth. I said the Nets. That's right. But you said this and is, they were healthy. Right. Yes. Exactly. You said this is the next year. Yeah, this right? is it was their year until you know an yeah. ankle and a hamstring yeah. changed right. that whole scenario. St- sticking with the
0: Suns. Hmm. Pump the brakes or not? Patrick
2: Beverly's in Devin Booker's head. Oh, pump the brakes. I think for Devin Booker, the only thing that's slowing him down right now is the mask. I think the mask had a lot to do with his game three performance. He hadn't played well before that in game one and two. I thought he had a better game in game one than he did in game two. But what Devin Booker has done in this postseason as a whole, I don't think there's any doubt that he has elevated himself to a different level as far as star status in the NBA. I think going into the playoffs, he was a two-time All-Star. He was considered one of the better young players. But what he's done, and then in that 40-point triple-double that in he had one. in Game One, I, I think he put himself in a much higher category. I think he and Trey Young have done more for their personal brand than anybody else has done in the playoffs thus far.
1: I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be that guy on the 101, the guy going to Sun City. I'm not pumping the brakes, but I'm riding my brakes a little bit.
3: Mm, Hold right. up,
1: Way. cause I gotta see. I gotta see it. <laughs> You got to see what? Devin Booker? Booker? Book come out and say, all right, screw the mask. I'm just going to go with whatever. He can't, Mike. His nose is broken. I understand that. But
2: whatever is like. So the question or the statement was Pat Beverly is in in his head. He's not in his head. He might be. No, I don't buy that, Mike. After a 40-point triple-double. That's what I'm saying. Well, in game one, though. Patrick he, Beverly didn't play.
0: Yeah, so this is the adjustment from Game Two, and since Game Two, his his so shooting right. percentage is down so, through the
1: roof. So if 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 uh, if, if Devin Booker comes out, mask, no mat, whatever, and he comes out and he reverts back to what we saw, then I'm wrong. I'm dead wrong. I but think if you're does. Tyron Lue and and the Clippers, you're to – Oh, you're still half of out it. There. What what's what's your yoga? Ninety nine percent of this is half mental, yeah. right? So you're gonna you're gonna melt this for.
2: Like I, but uh, you have to though, Mike. right? That, that's his that's, job. So that,
1: so that's the that's getting
0: in somebody's head. This okay. is, in my opinion, that goes
1: back to the Jordan rules. Like yeah. early
0: on in that, you know. In, in my opinion, this is Bruce Bowen 2.0. Remember what Bruce Bowen did to the Suns when he was with the Spurs? Right. And he would just harass. Like his only job was to harass Steve, Steve Nash. Nash.
2: But Bruce Bowen was also six five, almost six right. six. With with nice long arms and a nasty disposition. Patrick Beverly is about six feet tall, six one. And he doesn't have nearly the ability to to get up in you, if you will. He can he's physical, but he's not the defender that Bruce. And he doesn't.
1: I I had to look it up. I'm sorry, but I had to look it up. But this is a guy that had to like he spent his first five years of his professional career playing international everywhere. Like here's a guy had to scrap and, and like so this is not like. You know, when when you talk about you know highly you know touted mm. draft picks that have come no. in and he did it the hard way. Yeah, he did it the hard way. So if Tyron Lue tells him to go out there and do whatever, he's going to do gonna it because that. that's how he, that's
2: why he's in the league. And he did get paid though. Now he has got no, the no contract doubt. since, but he, he still has that mentality that I got to do whatever I got to do to make sure that my job security is, is solid. And, and and he takes great pride on the defensive side.
1: 2011, he was the Russian Guard of the Year. Wow. Like he's playing in the Russian league. Wow. Ten years so, ago.
0: So this guy is gonna he knows what his role is, I guess, is my point. So yesterday, again we're recording this on a Friday. So yesterday the Chicago Cubs, as a committee, mm. pitched the seventh no-hitter this year Should already. Have been eight. Should have been eight, but it's seven. However, even that is the most before July one mm-hmm. in any year. The seventh no-hitter ties the most in any one season. Since 1900, since they they you know they they call it the you know the modern day baseball. Yep, yep. So pump the brakes or not? You care less about no hitters at this point.
2: Uh, pump the brakes. <laughs> I care about no hitters. I think Major League Baseball has a problem though. If there are no runs being scored, I think people lose interest. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 average fan or the the. What do they call them? The 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 casual casual fan. Yeah, they they're gonna be the ones that are gonna be lost and they're going to be the ones that are going to change the channel because there's going to be other things that you can do yeah. than watch a, a pitcher just go down and, and, and mow down 27 batters right? I, I, or however many batters that they face, but none of them get a hit. I, I just think that it's not great for baseball. For the purists, yeah, you, you want to see pitchers go out there and be dominant because that's what the game was, defense and, and you know strategy and all those things, making the shift and, and keeping guys on, on – off the, you know, out of the ballpark, but I, I just, I don't know if long-term having that many no-hitters and the pitchers being dominant is quite what MLB had in mind.
1: You know what it is? It's it's physics, which I sucked at in high school, but for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, and baseball felt like, you know, the the ball was juiced, they've got all the home runs a couple years ago, even if you want to go all the way back to Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire when they had the steroid. But it era. was
2: never more popular than it was then, Mike. No,
1: that's the point, though, but... Ma- the fans, yes, but Major League Baseball, like, we got to fix this problem in their mind. I agree with you, because now if you're a fan of whatever team and you, your guy's got a no-hitter, you'll turn it back in the eighth inning to see if uh, if he's going to close it out or not. I, yeah. I did that a couple weeks ago when the Tigers had a no-hitter at the Mariners. I watched the uh, eighth and ninth inning. Yeah, yeah. But... You know, baseball is got is trying to figure it out. You know, and now with the dominance of pitchers, if you recall, now the umpires can check the pitchers coming in, coming out. Oh, that whole thing's a joke, that's right? A,
0: that's its whole
2: own segment. Rob Manfred has a huge problem yeah. on his hands. So
1: they got to figure it out. Is it the juice ball era? Is it the pitchers era? That, remember
0: back in the '60s, well, Bob so Gibson it, was so dominant they changed the pitchers mound. And it's the swing right now. It's a swing the swing. It. for It's yeah. It's a swing for the fences era now, though. Yeah. It's all about exit velocity and trajectory of your bat and everybody's swinging for the fence, everybody's striking out. So yep. I think that's why you're seeing so many of these, these no-hitters recently. But I'll tell you this, it can scroll across the bottom of the screen on ESPN or my phone can buzz with an update and I don't check in. You Whereas it, it used team. to be you'd hear like there was a no-hitter going like, oh my god, this is history. It doesn't feel that way anymore, in
2: yeah. my opinion. And I'm talking about when you, you had that era of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, 1998 to about 2000 yeah. 2000- thousand three somewhere in there. Barry Bonds throw him in there. Think about the contracts that were being put yeah. out back then. Think about the money that was being made. Yeah. Think about the TV commercials. Chicks did the long ball. Yeah, yeah. How all of the money was being poured into Major League Baseball. Then you had them crack down on it. The money went back out, and now you're having those those same teams now try to put the squeeze play if you will so to speak on some of these contracts i i I just think anytime you have in-house fighting i think it's bad for everybody
1: well you know and and you look at how teams react to that i'm a i'm a fan of one of the worst teams in the last couple years in major league baseball detroit tigers so what do they do they get the top draft picks are all pitchers like you got to figure this out you know and when they had their no hitter a couple weeks ago uh it was one of their guys, I think it was from Alabama, or Auburn, something like that, a top draft pick. he have been in the system for a couple years and now he comes up and throws a no hitter. So you look at these teams and they try to react to what's going on around them. Yeah. You know, and the pitching's getting better and they're changing the rules. And but I the, don't know. I I don't know where the I don't know where the sweet spot is to your point for Major League Baseball. What's the well sweet spot? There. Because you can't go back to what you had with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. And Barry Bonds. And Barry Bonds yes. and, and fill in the blank. Yeah. But to Sean's point, like, if you got a no-hitter every other game, like, what's the point?
2: Who's going to watch? What's the point? Who's going to watch 5-0? Right. What's the point? And the other team doesn't yeah. get doesn't even get on base. Yeah. I mean, who wants to see that?
0: Tonight in Tampa Bay, you got a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Pump the brakes or not, the NHL Game 7 of a Stanley Cup playoff is the best playoff experience in sports. I'll start with B-Train. Uh, pump.
2: can i I hit it again for you one more time can i give you a hold hold up i mean give me all of it all all of the things that you can do to stop it i i look i people will tell you this though i actually get into hockey during playoffs just like i get into baseball playoffs when it's playoffs i even i'll even say for basketball i don't watch a lot of the regular season but you give me playoff basketball Play off any sport, I, I I can pretty much I got into in. a
0: cornhole playoff one time on ESPN, the Ocho. True
2: okay, story. you went too far. Now nah, you just went too True far. True story. Now, now you hold up on yourself. All right. Right. Hold up. Cornhole? I mean, really? It That's was, during, what the, it was during the pandemic. Okay. But when you start talking about game sevens, I understand that there's drama, there's, there's intrigue, there's dislike because you've played the same team six times already. You know this team. You know what they're going to do. They know what you're going to do. You're tired of seeing them, and so every possession becomes critical. Every shift becomes critical, and then it really comes down to the hot goaltender. Who's the guy that can keep the puck out of the net? I get all of that. But when I start thinking about Game 7s and basketball, and and you talk about an NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl where two teams are evenly matched, still nothing holds weight. See, I'm with
0: you. See, I I agree with you, but you, you hear this every year. Oh, there's nothing like the NHL... Stanley Cup playoffs in a Game 7. Now I'm going to go to our resident hockey guy.
1: Is that a true statement? I think it is. Like, if I was to rank order, and this is hard because I'm not taking anything away from football when I say this. You know, football is what it is. The, The Super Bowl is going to dominate them all from a rating standpoint. But it's just the sudden death nature of it, uh, you know. Particularly when they go to overtime, and I forget, you know, last night's game between Vegas and, and Montreal, uh, first time the Canadians in the in the Stanley Cup Finals since the nineties. Um, it's my senior it, year it, you know, for 1993. me, it, right? And for me, it's it's akin to March Madness is a lot like that. It's win or go home, mm-hmm. right? And it's uh, so yeah. I maybe I'm biased. I grew up in Detroit. Um,
0: See, football's got. I mean, the NFL's got win or go home as well.
2: That's what I don't understand. But it's why. just one game as opposed to seven. I mean you've had you've had seven cracks at this yeah. team. Like to me that that's what knocks it down. And enough. I
1: think the other thing that does it for hockey. I mean like you know all all game 7s aren't created equal. Like if if the Lightning win tonight 5 to 2, you're like whatever. But last night, that was great. You go to overtime, which in hockey is sudden death. That was great. None of the other sports are sudden death overtime. Like you could have a game 7 in basketball. It's not sudden death.
0: Well, in the, in the NFL, you score a touchdown, it's over. Unless, ask the yeah, Steelers. other team, get, uh, you know, team gets the ball. But <laughs> yeah, I, 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 ask the Steelers, idiot. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. Wow. But in baseball, you still get to come. So, team. Uh, You know, I'm not taking anything away yeah, from the other I'm sports, but it's just my my personal opinion. I'm gonna oh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go with you on that
0: one. All right. I, I hate to do this because this song is such a staple of the program, but I do gotta I gotta switch. Whoa. Uh, oh. I, I gotta switch uh, switch music. Wow. Sorry about this. So apparently the government is about to release a summary of everything it knows about UFOs. Now, early reports indicate that it'll, it'll be pretty inconclusive, but the Discovery Channel's milking, milking it for all it's worth. Mm. They're going to analyze the government's report on UFOs in a three-hour live special. Two-part pump the brakes here. Mm. Pump the brakes or not, you're going to tune into that. And pump the brakes or not, UFOs exist.
2: Pump the brakes on tuning in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no thanks. Not for three hours. Right. Uh, but to think that there are not other f- forms of life. Uh huh. You're crazy if you think. You're crazy. I
0: mean, uh, the universe is huge. Yes. Massive.
1: Breaking. Yes. Breaking news.
0: How can there not be yeah. anything else out there?
1: Sean Crespin. Now, now, I'm not I watching it either because I don't need for three hours to tell me you don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because supposedly the news report is they've got a hundred and what's the number? A hundred and some odd incidences they can't explain. Yep. So what are
0: you going? Yeah. Well, something un-
1: happened, but well, I can't they, tell you exactly what yeah, happened.
0: Well, and that's just the nature of the of the <laughs> UFO to begin with, right? Like if yeah. it was identified. It's an
1: anti- it's an yeah. If
0: they were going to have a conclusion to this three-hour special, it wouldn't be an unidentified. Do you guys object. remember back It'd in the be day identified.
1: the Phoenix Lights? Yeah. yeah I do. can't tell you what year was it was. Here. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. here. I saw them. hmm I was out driving around. What, what were they, girls? It was unidentified. I have no idea. What was it? I, I can't tell you. It's, I bet you it's one of the hundred and some odd reports the it government might be. can't explain. Might be. They thought it was a weather balloon. They thought it was like test rockets. Because you, if you wake up early here, which I usually don't, <laughs> you can see the rockets launched from New Mexico. Yeah. Yep. And you can see the well, contrail. And what
0: was the Elon Musk thing he sent up for recently? There was like a, a tr- like a line of satellites he sent yeah. up for this new internet deal he's got going on. Yeah. And so, people are freaking out over But there. they
1: announced it ahead of time. Yeah. Like, hey, check it out. You can yeah, see that. They this knew after. that was coming. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you, though. You can't sit here and say, You're "Nah, we're crazy. the only one. We're the only one. We're
0: ones. the only intelligent life on." You're arrogant no as it gets. If you, you know, you can't. Right. Oh, yeah. Thank you for bringing that back. I had to that back other in. music kind of
2: freaked me out. Slide back in. It wow. Was, wow. It was creepy. Wow. So we're all
0: in agreement. Not tuning in. Nope. But something's got to be out there. Something's out there.
2: Right. Definitely something. All out right. there. We'll watch some X-Files reruns. That's how they look at us. I mean, you know, we might we
0: might be
1: the aliens for real. know. You see it's the Simpsons predict everything. Wow. They had their two aliens oh, where they no. got to the, uni- to, the, to the to our to planet Earth, mm-hmm. and they saw everything that was going on. They're like, let's get left. out of here. Yeah, let's get <laughs> out
0: of here. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, we can't wrap up the show until we have our uh, our dad joke. Now, right. This is how the dad jokes work. Pete Train gives us one each week. Is he going to redeem himself? No matter what, he's going to get one of these. <laughs> All right? But after that is when the grading system comes in. He's either going to get... <laughs> <laughs> Laughter, because it was a solid dad joke. If he knocks it out the park, we give him a standing O.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, like last week, if it doesn't land,
2: it did land. You, you it got, got it you, you guys showed no love with a thud. Oh, oh wow! Listen to this wow. Guy. Oh, and I only say that you nothing
1: but nothing. You, you've set the bar so
0: high.
2: I the first couple weeks that. were a little. Yeah. I see what you did there.
0: All right, so where are we going here? Again, that's how that's how <laughs> the grading system works. That's how we wrap up the program. B train, where are we
2: going? All right, here we go. So I started a nightclub for men with erectile dysfunction. Yeah, it was a total flop. (laughs) And nobody came. (laughs) Uh,
1: I've got to put a disclaimer on this one.
0: Maybe one of the best ones. Might be one of the best ones. I'll give them that. <laughs> like on
1: the, on the TV show, if you have young children in the room, you might want to have them <laughs> yes. turn away.
2: Hey, this is a podcast, so we, is, can, we, can, we can do whatever we want. Listener
0: discretion advice. This segment advised. will, this segment will be up.
1: about 15 <laughs> seconds. If you'd like, tune in afterwards. Not according
0: to that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. I'll be here all week.
1: Sean Crespin riding your coattails. <laughs> hey, dad jokes rule. There you go. All right. That's it for training gross. Give us a follow on Twitter at training gross and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time.
2: I holla.